I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. On this week's show, we'll be looking forward, of course, to uh, Saturday's home game uh, with Exeter City at the Valley. Joining me uh, to do just that, first up, uh, Mr. Lewis Count. You right, Lou? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to the, the clash on Saturday with the Grecians. Yeah, I am, actually. I think it'll be a really, a really tough test at home, obviously off the back of a disappointing result last weekend, too. So let's hope we can bounce back uh, on our home turf this weekend. Yeah, big game for the Addicts on Saturday. Also joining us here on the Big Match Preview, Mr Mark Newbury. How are you doing, Mark? Well, my boy started school this week, so I've only just stopped crying. <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. Well, that must be a very proud day for you. I'm, ple- I'm pleased with the. The, the, the pair of them. I hope they, they had a good uh, good first few days. Right, so on this uh, this evening's show, as I said, uh, we will be looking ahead to that home clash uh, with the Grecians. We've got some uh, new signing news as well. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Addicts announced the arrival uh, of Terrell Thomas, a return to the club for the uh, former academy uh, defender. Uh, we're going to hear from the new signing in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear from Corey Blackett-Taylor, uh, returned from injury uh, last week up at Bolton. He will preview the next couple of games. Uh, he also speaks about the Street Violence Ruins Lives Camp campaign uh, the uh, match day is dedicated to that campaign uh, on Saturday at the Valley so we're going to hear from him and we're also going to hear from Tom Vickery an Exeter City fan uh, tells us all about the Grecians and also spoke about the uh, really fascinating work he does uh, with the Adam Stansfield uh, Foundation uh, so you'll learn a little bit more about that really uh, really nice story down there at St James's Park uh, later on uh, in the show right well as I've said we've had a new signing uh, through the door before we hear from him um, Terrell Thomas Lewis uh, just just briefly what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, it's depth for me. Obviously, he was at the club um, through the academy when he, when he was younger. Um, didn't really see a huge um, amount from him at the time. And I know we we released him. Um, or, or I can't remember how if we released him or we... I think we did, actually, yeah. But, yeah, released him, yeah, 2017. Yeah, but didn't see a huge amount of him. Um, and then saw him crop up again um, at AFC Wimbledon a few seasons ago um, and, you know, looked looked okay, looked looked fairly, you know, so it was a regular starter for them um, in League One. You know, it's, it's depth at the end of the day. You know, it, it's a free agent. For me, I think we need the cover because we know Ryan Innes has had that injury um, over the last few weeks, um, leaving us fairly short there. We, you know, we've just got um, Owen O'Connell and Sam Lavelle so having somebody else as a backup, um, you know, it's, it's positive. It's a body at the end of the day in regarding to what quality he brings. I suppose it remains to be seen because we, we haven't really seen the, the Terrell Thomas of now. We've only seen the one at, at sort of academy stage. So, look, it's a body at the end of the day. We were talking, you know, just this time last week about needing bodies in the door. We didn't get them. And uh, a week later, we've we've got one. So I think numbers are a positive here. 
Certainly is. Well, let's have a listen to what Terrell had to say on his return to the club. He spoke uh, to George Jones from the club uh, and asked him how pleased he was to be back in SE7. No, I'm really pleased, yeah, really pleased to be back. Um, it's good to see things have changed a bit around here and the facilities for uh, the first team and everyone is looking really good. Um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm really pleased to be back, to, to be fair. Um, when I get in the team and finally make that uh, first team appearance for Charlton, which was something that as a boy growing up through the academy was, I can say, was a dream of mine to do. Before you left us in 2017, you, you were in the academy for a long time, as you say. Um, the opportunity to come back and to achieve that, that goal that you say of playing for the first team, which, which yeah, you mentioned you've had for a long time, was that a real pull for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely it was. Obviously, it's a club that, that, that I know, like I've known, and I know the expectations of everyone and what everyone wants where the club, where they want the club to be. So it's something that I couldn't say no to, really. And you've, you've obviously been back in for the last couple of weeks training on a sort of a trial, if you like. Um, is it almost strange in a way that you're you're coming somewhere for a trial that you're actually very familiar with? Um, you know, maybe the first, the first day or so, it's like, oh, it's just back to familiar sort of grounds. But you don't really, when you're training and that, you don't really think, personally, I don't think, oh, I'm on, I was on a trial or just go out there, enjoy myself, just play football as I know and we'll see what happens. And, I'm glad that at the end of it, it's, it's um, ended in me signing with signing back with Charlton. And what have you made of the last couple of weeks? What do you make of your now new teammates? Oh, really good. Um, it's a good group. Um, I like the style of play that the, uh, the, the manager is trying to implement with the squad. Um, the, the morale around the team is really good. Um, the, the 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 cleverness and the collectiveness about the squad is is probably up there with one of the best I've seen, and that's something that you can't you can't make happen. If you've got that, it's it's a it's a plus. It really helps the squad because you can pull through and everyone can pull their own weight, which I can see that um, we've got that we've got that thing about us this squad, and it's a really tough quality to find but if you've got it it's precious and since you've been away you've gained a hell of a lot of experience uh, at non-league level uh, at this level league one and at championship level as well how how important are those or have those experiences been for you oh very important it's molded and shaped me as a player and as a as a person i would say there's been ups and downs in the those those years but um that's uh, any player will tell you. That's that's just how football is. But it's really uh, helped me to gain experience, progress my game, and become a better player. And if you look back to to 2017 when you left Charlton, and fast forward to now, given those experiences that you've had, how much do you think that you've changed? Um, not obviously you've, you've aged five years, but how much do you think you've changed as a footballer? Um. In terms of change, I feel like I'm the same, same player. But in terms of experience and knowing how to 
play the games and defending properly in certain situations and as a young boy you sort of get lost in how you want to do things but understand that you have to follow what the team does and um, being on the side of putting the team first you understand because sometimes when you're young you just think oh, I want to do this and do this and do this but the team comes first and that's really something that I've learned. And you've been back with us for the last three weeks or so as we've said um, are you fit are you ready to go if, if yeah I feel fit yeah I feel fit ready to go obviously not the match fitness isn't a hundred percent no one can get match fitness without playing matches so um, yeah I think I'm there and thereabouts if I was called upon I believe I'll be ready and give my all and go from there and that Childhood dream of yours that we spoke about a minute ago of playing for Charlton's first team is is back within touching distance. I mean, how excited are you about hopefully in the next few weeks pulling on that, no, that really, first team show? Yeah, no, really excited, really excited. I am obviously when you're in the academy and that we have to go to every home game, so you know what what it's like at the Valley and the drum and something that I really thought would be exciting playing in front of. Uh, that those group of fans, so something where I know the expectations, and I know what 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 is needed to give and what what they want from their players. There we go, Terrell Thomas. Then back at the club, uh, was it five years since uh, since he was last with us? He never never made a first team appearance, as we heard there, Mark, in that uh, in that initial spell, um, and. Uh, the most important thing I guess we'll say about him first of all is that we do need bodies in that position so it's got to be a positive we've got someone there that's got to be the first thing you can say about that yeah I mean it's funny because I remember uh, watching him play through the like junior ranks and I was always impressed he was one of those you know kids at the time where you thought to yourself you know this kid's got something about him and I was surprised when we did release him, because I just thought myself, that's just okay. He's not set the world on fire since then, but that could be down to many things. Could be down to coaching. Could be down to club. And I, I was always impressed. I always thought he was a, a decent, had a good turn of pace about him. Uh, could pl- play the ball well and uh, a good pass for the ball. I mean, you can understand. Okay, he was on a free, so obviously he ticks for the right box for us. But you can understand that he's going to fit quite nicely into a Garner's system of wanting to have a centre-half who can actually feel comfortable with a ball at his feet. I mean, obviously, with Innes, another injury, and it's, it's a case of, like, he's, he's a bookend with Chucks. And you hope that's not going to be too long. And, you know, a lot of the talk last season was, uh, do we gamble and keep him knowing his injury problems? And I was one of them said, you know, I think he's worth a gamble. Now, I think I'd probably change my mind. But I was pleased to see Terrell Thomas come back. I was always impressed with him as a kid. And I think so if he gets for proper coaching, and he was doing okay at Reading. And again, you're surprised sometimes when players do get released. And I'd always said this, you can make up a fairly decent team, you know, come squad with with released players. I mean, you've only got to look at the names who are being abandoned about as strikers who are available on free. And uh, you know, if we picked up one or two of those, you'd be you'd be quite happy with that. So no, I was pleased to see him back. I think he'll fit in the system. Yes, we've got you know Lavelle and O'Connell, but I think he can quite easily come in there. And you're not having to rely on you know the Barkers and the um, was it Deji's 
Dead, yeah, Deji Elirawai is out on loan anyway, I guess. But so. you know, I presume there is some kind of recalls on on all the kids that you'd have to be able to get them back within a certain time. Yeah. So you know, and then we don't have to try and fit a square peg into a round hole like we did with when Prattley had to drop into the back. Or so you know, I'm I'm looking forward to sort of like seeing him, and I, I don't think it's a bad addition at all. Mm, yeah, uh, th- there is always. Um, I was speaking with someone about this the other day when when there's a, a link to a player coming back to the club, especially when he's come up through the academy. Now, I guess players who come up through the academy, you always hear about them when they are playing for the twenty threes or the or the, the, the youth teams, and you always hear them doing reasonably well. They wouldn't be at Charlton unless they're doing reasonably well in the academy. So, therefore, your uh, your your estimation of them is always reasonably high, and, and and fans always find it a bit of a shock when it turns out that we end up releasing players that we always thought might be okay because we hear a lot about them doing well in the academy. So I always think that academy players are overrated by Charlton fans. It doesn't always mean they're going to be a bad player, but it's certainly I think in a way that will pile on a little bit more pressure on Terrell coming back to the club, Lewis, because I think in people's minds they'll probably remember him playing in teams that won PLD2 cups and stuff and 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 think he's probably better than the career he's gone on to have. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to need time. Um, one, he's obviously been without a club since being released by Reading in the summer. I don't know how much he featured for them last season. Um, he made a handful of appearances, so he's not really played, played any football, to be honest, for some time. So... Yeah, one is going to need time to get up to speed, and and also yeah, the expectation does need to shift because you know this is this is League One. It's not as you say like the, the development league. It's it's League One, and for for me, yeah, I think he adds numbers. I think the style of football. I think he's obviously good with his feet. Is what the sort of general consensus around him is, which is obviously key in a Ben Garner team. Um, but you know, there's also competition in those places at the moment. You, you're not going to be dropping. Um, Owen O'Connell, you don't know if Sam Lavelle, you'd be, you'd drop him in for that. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna come straight into the starting eleven. Um, I think he's probably gonna have to bide his time to get his opportunity. Um, but obviously that will help with with Ryan Innes being out because it's another bit of competition um, out of the way, I suppose. But look, it's a welcome addition for me. Of course, it, I wish we'd done the business a little bit earlier um, and maybe would have had a bit of a wider net, if you like, when it came to targets, but. Look, let's not write the guy off before he's even started. I think, you know, for me, as I say, body, bodies is important and our injury record speaks for itself over the last few seasons. So to have some cover there in a critical position is is a positive for us. Mm, I, I, I never want to judge a player before we've seen him play in a Charlton shirt, Mark. So I, I will put out just some facts. You know, he, he hasn't played a great deal during his career. Um, after he left us, he, he was with Woken for a while. Um, made, made a couple of uh, or three league appearances for Wigan. Then he was at Wimbledon, where you know he, he was reasonably consistent for Wimbledon in terms of his first season. There, he made twenty-two uh, league appearances, including nineteen starts. Then thirty-one the year after, which is obviously not too bad. And then nineteen the year after that. Then um, last season, thirteen appearances for Crew, twelve league starts. Um, before being snapped up late late on in the season by a Reading team in the Championship, who were under some quite serious financial constraints and only only playing two games, um, so he hasn't played a great deal of football in the last couple of years, um, and I guess he will himself feel like he's got something to prove, um, and it does probably again have to come into the fact that we are we are looking in quite. A, 
quite a cheap market at the moment. Obviously, in terms of free agents, let alone with free agents, there's always the, the concern they might be free agents because of a certain, of any reason. Um, and, and also, I guess there's the, the question mark over, the, like I say, the amount of games he's played over the last couple of years. And again, I mean... It, he's got to come and prove it, not just to us, to himself as well. I'm sure that will be how he's feeling about it at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got to look at Sean Clare coming back to us. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a free, but he said he had to come back and he had something to prove. And I think he's, you know, he's done his talking on the pitch. So if Terrell comes back and does the same thing. I mean, think about free agents. You've got to say how many of these guys are being badly advised by agents who have said, oh no, hold out because another team will come in for you and then another te- team doesn't and then they're a bit like, whoopsie. And, you know, for numerous reasons, you're going to see people who are going to be in and out of teams. So again, you know, it's a case of wait and see. If it, if we, I don't know what kind of contract he's got. I, I, didn't, I can't remember what I read. Um, it's a year, it's a year's contract. A, a year. So what have, what have we lost Really, it, it, on a free agent, if we just give him a year's contract, you know, it doesn't work out, and he goes. That, that's that's pretty much it. So he knows if he comes in, he goes right. Maybe I can get more than a year. There could probably talks which said if you do well, if you get a certain amount of games, you know, we'll talk again, and then we'll offer you something better. So, so it, he's got to prove it as well. So yeah. it is one of those ones where it is a sort of like you have to wait and see, and mm. you know we know what we're like for patience as fans. So not very. I mean, uh, just finally, Lewis, are, are we in a position where we can afford to be bringing in backup defenders and not defenders who would improve our starting lineup? Because defensively, you know, we, we we struggled a little bit at Bolton. I'm, I'm not getting carried away because we've had a couple of clean sheets and a couple of good games this year, but uh, uh, there has been times when when it's been. Not not as good as we would have hoped. Could I, in an ideal world, we'd be bringing in a better defender than what we already have. I guess it's it's not an ideal world for for everyone. Yeah, that's it. You know, I think in the the time scale, as I said earlier, I think I wish that we'd we'd done our business in the window where you've got more um, options available to you to have a look at. Um, you know, it was, it was really disappointing on Saturday against Bolton. Some of the defensive displays there were were really poor. Uh, obviously, losing Ryan Innes to an injury is another weakness. So, look, we we've been we dealt the cards that we have. We we chose to to you know not strengthen in the in the window. Whether we chose to or not, it remains to be seen. But you know, we we didn't strengthen um, deadline day in that area because at the time we probably didn't feel like we needed to, even though it was communicated a few times that we wanted another centre half. I, I I don't really understand why we didn't. But you know, Terrell's come in now. It's another body, and like I say, I don't think he's going to come straight in because I think to to drop sort of Sam Lavelle or, or O'Connell after the performance at the weekend would probably be slightly harsh, and you'd be bringing in Terrell, who hasn't really got any match fitness, so he's not going to make an immediate impact. But I, I do agree with you. I think that you know the point of the transfer window is to strengthen, and at that point we knew we needed to strengthen, and on deadline day we, we were just linked with the one name, and that one name fell through at the last minute. So... You know that's how we've we've decided to do our business. You know it's not it's not an unfortunate set of circumstances. That's what we've chosen to do as a club for some reason, and we we'll go with that. And if the option that we're dealt with is is a free agent in Terrell Thomas and maybe a, a free agent striker somewhere down the line, then that's you know that's what we're going to get, and fans are going to have to get behind it and support it. 
Mm, excellent stuff. Right, let's have a look at a couple of the tweets then. I did a tweet earlier on uh, asking for your views uh, on the signing of Terrell Thomas. Trevor says, good that we ended up finding someone with a lot of experience at this level and even the next one up. The question is, uh, can he stay healthy for us even though he may not be preferred initially? Um, not exactly the best spot for someone to be uh, with an injury history. As Steve said, we needed a centre-back, so glad to have him on board. Just slightly worried about his previous injuries. Uh, and then Dobson, uh, Dobson is the Essex Perlo, uh, says, decent option to bolster the numbers. I hope we can find a reasonable option uh, for a striker in the same free market. So yeah, a couple of people there suggesting uh, a little bit of concern about his injury history. But as we said, we, we do need a warm body in that position. Uh, and uh, someone coming back to the club with something to prove could uh, could hopefully play into our hands. So welcome back to Terrell Thomas to SC7. Right, let's let, look ahead then to Saturday's home game uh, with Exeter City. Uh, now we're going to hear from Corey Blackett-Taylor twice in the pod this evening, but he was asked to have a quick look ahead uh, to the games uh, coming up and looking uh, indeed for a reaction to that defeat at Bolton last weekend. Yeah, we spoke about it in training this week. Um, we want to kind of turn that defeat around. And for myself, um, I feel like I'm back to full fitness after picking up a slight knock. So I'm raring to go and hopefully I can contribute to the team and get, get two wins, hopefully. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like we're confident in most games that we're going to, like especially um, this season, the way we've been playing. So I feel like um, we always do well when we're at home. So um, I feel like the instruction and the game plan has been clear for us. And I feel like even though we had a slight defeat last week, we, we, we've been in a good place. So I feel like everyone's feeling confident. There we go. That's Corey Blackett-Taylor looking ahead to the game uh, with uh, Exeter City and then obviously Forest Green the following Tuesday at the Valley. Um, reaction needed. Um, I mean, it's no, it's, no, it's no league winning three games now, actually, Mark. I just get slightly carried away with whether that's a bad run or not because two of those games were draws as well. But I, I did argue after the Bolton game that I, I do think it's three performances that have left a little bit to be desired in in, in each of those games. So I feel like the, um, the, the one at home to... Cambridge, I, I did describe at the time as our first disappointing league performance of the season that I was at. Anyway, obviously I wasn't at um, uh, wasn't at Accrington on the first day, so I can't comment on that. Um, and Derby obviously recovered from a bad first half to win. Um, yeah, and then Wickham again. I thought we were poor after the two goals in the first half. Second half we improved a bit, but we didn't really create anything. Uh, and then the Bolton game, well, enough said about that on, on Sunday. It wasn't great. So th- there is a little bit of pressure now on the team. Uh, bear in mind, we only won two of our first 13 games under Nigel Atkins last season. It's, it's two from our first seven so far, so not quite those panic stations yet. But we need to start getting back on the winning trail. Yeah, I mean, the watchword, and it's one we've used on here before, is consistency. We know we don't have it. You can't just keep going, win, loss, draw, draw, loss, win, win. You have to put three or four wins on a bounce together. Um, and it, it's hard to know why, because we, in patches in games, I mean, including, you know, the Bolton game, OK, because after three minutes, we we did look good. We, you know, spray the ball and we, you know, pass well. Bolton, I think, they'd obviously watched enough of our games to say, right, we can work out how to negate all your strengths. And it comes down to the manager then to either be obstinate and say, you know, we're only going to stick with the same way of playing or we're going to try something different. It's not working for us. Let's totally swap it up. Let's go to a diamond. Let's go five, you know, let's go five up front. Um, 
or do we try and play the same tippy-tappy pass-pass football, which wasn't successful for us? And I think that's, unfortunately, it's one of the things I don't dislike Garner, and like I say, some of the football we've played has just been very pleasing to watch. However, I don't know whether he's sort of like tied himself into a bit of a knot by agreeing with um, T.S., that the way his team wants to play and set up is a certain way, and that's that's it. It's non-negotiable, because I think you know one of the reasons, you know, Johnny obviously had his own ideas in doing things and wasn't going to take someone who's been in football for three minutes on board as much. And Garner's obviously gone. Well, you know, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do to the owner, and you have you have to be able to be flexible so we need consistency we need to get some wins and but we need to be flexible in our approach sometimes and then go you know what we don't have a big lump up front to lump up in the air and with the passing isn't working so maybe we do tie it up in the middle and we do try and tailor the midfield get in get into areas where you can have a poke have a score so it's 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 you know there's no answer straight away because you've got to say we have to wait to see you know, another few games to see if it pays off. But if we get three wins in a row and everything's working hunky-dory, it's fine. If we're being worked out week in, week out, like Bolton managed to do, like by not allowing us the space where we needed for space to be, then we've got to say, right, now we've got a problem. Now we've got a way, you know, we've got to think, what can we do to change it up? And it's whether Garner will be strong enough to change it. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's a good point, to be fair. Man. We are in this weird this, this weird period now where we're not entirely sure which way it's going to go. I mean, don't forget the comments from Ghana last week. You know, we are a squad that's short. We are um, a while away. I, you know, I said on Sunday, I don't think we're a promotion candidate, so we will have little streaky spells like this. Um, I mean, we heard from Corey there. Um, Lewis missed him a little bit, I'd suggest. Um, you know, Raksaki's come in and done such a superb job, but... You know, with with Kirk for me sort of drying up in the last couple of games, I think if Corey's fit enough to play more than ten minutes, and I, I'd suggest he wasn't fit enough to play more than ten minutes at, at Bolton on Saturday, if we can get forty five out of him this Saturday, um, then that could uh, that 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 could be a real handful for that Exeter City defence because we'd have a player on either side of of Jaden Stockley who isn't injured by the way, despite the rumours um, that that can cause them a bit of trouble. Yeah, 100%. You know, I think we've really missed him. We know how dangerous he can be. We know the pace and, and quality he possesses. Um, and yeah, we we have missed him. And, and as you say, I think Charlie Kirk struggled these last couple of weeks to to show that early promise that he did um, in pre-season and in those early games. Um, I think he has faded slightly um, and there hasn't really been that competition to back him up um on that side so yeah to have Corey back in the mix will obviously be a massive massive bonus for us I don't know as you say how how fit he is going to be and how many minutes he'll be able to play but obviously that the longer the better if you can get him in from the start then fantastic but I imagine as you say it'd probably be fairly phased return for him but yeah we do miss him he's he's dangerous he's probably one of the most dangerous players in the division um so yeah it's, it's huge for us to to have him back and hopefully um, you know, we can get him up to speed quickly and get him starting from the off again as well, because you, you know, on his day he can be he can be so sort of clinical in our side and create so much. So yeah, fingers crossed we see Corey back in the fold now. 
Yeah, and uh, our home record's been all right this season. We're still unbeaten at the Valley so far, Mark. How much of a part do you think that could play coming into this game on, on Saturday? I mean, it's, it's almost the exact opposite of what I expected from Ghana <laughs> because purely looking at what he did with Swindon, you know, they were better away from home. But I, I feel like our, our home form, it has played into our hands a little bit. You know, teams will come and sit and, and make it difficult like Cambridge did. But with the amount of possession we have, it should at least give us a little bit of impetus to try and create some chances. You know, the ones that we didn't really create against Cambridge last time out of the Valley. Yeah, I mean, having um, a fortress at home is is huge. I mean, that's what you want. You want to make your home, your home games difficult for the opposing team and try and get something away. Um, it'll be interesting because obviously Matt Taylor was one of the names put forward for the job. Um, so, you know, an ex-player again and bring bring in his team here it's it's a difficult one because you know they're traveling in numbers as well apparently it's, it's about 1500 so far traveling up from the um, west country which would be nice if, if anyone wants to bring any scrumpy with them you know more than happy to take it off their hands so you know it should be built for a good atmosphere if nothing else um again you know, weather doesn't look like it's going to be too great, so it could turn into one of those scrappy League One clogging goals. Depends what the referee lets go, you know, from the odd sliding tackle. It's it's an interesting game. I mean, Exeter aren't a bad side. They they were sort of like they they did well last season to get out of League Two, play some decent stuff, and like I say, with a with a a fairly newish manager, but he, he knows what he wants. So. It's a, it's a good game. Looking forward to it, and you just sort of like hope you can get that result. And like I say, maybe cha- change it slightly so we're not reliant on the same people. Like I say, as I say, Raksak has been fantastic, but can he do it down a soggy sided pitch? Don't know. You may have to go a bit more direct and get someone closer to Stockley and say, right, if it is going to come off you or bounce off a defender's leg, you're there to put it away. You know, pretty much like Fraser did, get get a second midfielder closer, whether he goes with Albie or whether he goes with Payne. I'd like to see, to be honest, I'd quite like to see Payne get a start um, because I think he's also one of those players, cracks a few in from 30 yards, and this could be that kind of game for that, you know, as it, as a go. Goalkeeper spills it, someone mops it up nicely. So it all comes down to like tactics, weather, team, you know, the combination of everything really is perfect for football. You know, I like days like this. I like, as I say, like sitting in the rain. Um, but it, it just makes sometimes there is a different atmosphere at those kind of games. So it, you feel, you know, who's up for it more? So and it's up for Ghana to say, right, we've got to get up for it more than they are coming here. Because they're going to say, oh, let's turn over, you know, the big city Londoners and softies. So we've got to sort of like say, right, let's let's take it to them. Excellent stuff. Right. I mean, um, the defending on, on Saturday was uh, much derided and rightly so. Um, I don't know if you had a chance, Lewis, to watch the uh, the, the comments from Brownie and Curbs in, in the studio. They, they uploaded them to the website after and I had a good look. I mean, there, there were many chances given up in between our posts, which is the, the phrase I think that Brownie was using, which was concerning. And, you know, the second goal that Bolton scored last week, there was three of them that could have tapped it in. We were a bit all over the place defensively last week. So, I mean, hopefully a, a home game, we, we won't be found out as much. But that is something certainly that we will need to tighten up on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's disappointing because I think we've been fairly 
you know, quite not strong, but okay defensively. I think we've we've had some good performances in the defence, and yeah, Saturday was, was sort of really out of character. The goals were really sloppy. The positioning was pretty poor. Um, so yeah, I mean, I need to watch back Brownie and and Kerb's comments. I've not seen them yet, but I know that Ben Garner was pretty scathing with the with the display defensively and, and all in to be honest. But yeah, the goal was watching the goals back was incredibly disappointing. There was you know so much space for Bolton, and as you say, sort of three or four people could have tapped it in. And I don't know whether that's something we need to adapt to a bit better in terms of our formation. I don't know whether, you know, the likes of Sean Clare and Charles Claydon are sort of dragged a bit further forward, um, you know, to get involved in the play with, with the likes of Rosaki and Charlie Kirk. And that leaves us a little bit vulnerable out wide and defensively. You know, it's, it's something we obviously need to look at because the, the display Saturday was nowhere near good enough and we will get we will get found out you know, so we do we do need to try and tweak it and tighten it up at the back. And, you know, Exeter have had a very good start to the season as well. So they're going to be coming to the Valley and they're going to be looking to try and try and get the points because they'll be full of confidence. And at the moment, after the last few games, we, we do look a little bit out of sorts. So I think Saturday is big for us to try and try and get, you know, turn this around and get back on a on a bit of a winning run if possible. Excellent stuff. Right, well, we're going to learn a bit more about Exeter City later on uh, in the pod when we speak to Tom Vickery, a uh, Grecian's uh, fan. But let's have a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to find out about the Street Violence Ruins Lives campaign that's going on on Saturday. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's Joe! Yes! 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 Oh, it's yes! Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lad! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it, Tom! Get in! Come on! What a time to be a hero! Here on Wembley! Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Looking ahead to our home game uh, on Saturday uh, with the Grecians of Exeter City. Uh, We've already heard from Corey Blackett-Taylor now on the game coming up uh, to this weekend. But the reason he was uh, speaking to the club today uh, and to the Community Trust was because uh, Saturday's fixture uh, is dedicated to the Streets Violence Ruins Lives uh, campaign. uh, A a campaign that raises awareness towards the consequences uh, of weapon-related violence amongst a younger problem. Obviously a a big problem uh, around the country. Uh, 
media as well as uh, just in our local area uh, as well. It's a, a program that the Community Trust have been running for a number of years now. Um, both, uh, you'll you remember, games uh, against Millwall in particular, uh, where, where both the uh, the Miz and the Knox families came together uh, to take part in this campaign as well. So um, it's another one coming up on Saturday. Now, Corey Blackett-Taylor uh, was asked today uh, about the campaign, how important these sort of things are uh, for the club to be getting involved with. Yeah, so basically it was a session just to do with like knife crime in the community and just educating a lot of like the people that came down just to see what we would do in situations if like an injury was to happen. A lot of us might not have been in situations like that before, so just to get our knowledge up there and um, kind of just help us if anything like that ever was to happen. How did you find it? What did like? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was presented well. It made me like like open my eyes to certain things. A lot of things I didn't actually know, so I managed to get a lot out of the, um, the whole session. And why is it important that, that we educate young people about, about the dangers of youth violence and how to react when they get into a specific situation? I think it's important just so they see what actually what goes on and what like the doctors and stuff have to actually go through and kind of like the whole trauma behind all the the incidents that could happen so I think it's very important that they get to see it and they understand how stressful and how how much grief it causes people. We do sessions like this kind of as part of our crime reduction work, but it's also about providing opportunity, providing football sessions, a range of things. What, why do young people need to have a range of activities to take part in outside of, of education and stuff? I think it's very important. I think um, even a lot of my upbringing, I had a lot of them things and I feel like it benefited from, from myself because I was always playing football and it kind of gave me the opportunity to go and do some do things. And sometimes if you don't get the opportunity, you might get fall into um, bad habits and be around people that are associated with things that like cause like incidents like that to happen in the community so I think it's like very important. Brilliant and, and how does it feel now now that you're, you're a professional footballer you're your role on and you're taking part in these kind of work as a player? Yeah um, definitely I understand my, my role as like a role model towards especially like younger younger generation and anything that I learn I'll just always like to try and pass it down to them and teach them and kind of show them how things like like this benefited me and, and where like if you was to focus and pay attention and not be in them kind of crowds where it could kind of take you so I hope like I kind of lead by example. There we go good to hear from from Corey on such an important uh, manner uh, matter Mark I mean we know um you know it, it, all over the country uh, knife crime and and things like that are a problem and, and, and certainly here in London as well so it, we've always um we've always shown our pride in what in what the club do to raise awareness of things like this and not just awareness but actually putting on programs to get people off the streets as well and and involved in important programs like we see it when, when we used to go into the valley on a Thursday there was there was loads of youngsters there involved in you know youth clubs and things that keep them off the street that is so important that the the community trust puts on things like that yeah totally 100% i mean it's why our community trust gets the recognition it rightly deserves i mean around the world it's held up as a shining example to sports teams to what what people can do and you've got to think to yourself it's we're little old Charlton you know with the amount of fans we've got and yet we manage to touch so many communities and you, you very rarely go anywhere sometimes in South London without someone seeing the Charlton Crest on something where whether they're handing out 
you know, COVID kits or whether they hand out anti-smoking leaflets or, like you say, you know, the knife crime, trying to offer help and assistance and advice to kids there to say, you know what, it's not big, it's not clever. And, you know, if you, t- if you take it out, if you go out travelling with a knife, you you be prepared to um, deal with the consequences when it all goes terribly badly. So... You know, well, I say as a shining example to other, we 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 looked at and held up in such high esteem for community trust, and it's it's fantastic that people get behind it, and it's good that there's players of a club who look into it and can get behind it, and they've got sort of like more followers than we've got, and can say, right, you know what, this is this is dumb, don't don't do it, don't you don't need to do it, it's pointless, you know, you're arguing over what over and over postcode an area and it's it's pointless and pathetic and uh, mm. we we are just like i say a shining example and it, it's one of those times where you do feel proud when you see charlton's name connected with things and this is one of those times certainly is well yeah well done to cory blackett taylor for going down to that workshop and learning a little bit more about the program run by the community trust as we say it's always a uh, a very uh uh, very uh, thing. I think we could be very proud of um, as a club. Right, uh, let's have a look at a couple of emails uh, or messages that have come in. Uh, we've got an, uh, a message from Carl that he sent during the week. He said, "Great show again on Sunday. Love to hear the passion and the commitment uh, that the three of you spoke with. Hopefully, we can get back to winning ways on Saturday. Uh, someone's confidence must be rubbing off on listeners." Uh, quick question: How do you see McGrandles fitting into the side now? Um, hasn't featured too much. He's a dreadful luck with injuries, isn't he? Since uh, since he's joined. Uh, had that operation on his hand recently, but seems, seems to be sort of uh, easing back into it now. Um, where, where do you see him in this team, Lewis? I, 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 a little birdie told me that he could possibly even be considered as one as like a, a almost like a false nine, apparently, because he, he was quite a forward-thinking midfielder in his first season at Lincoln, by all, by all accounts, then then dropped a bit more defensive in his second season. I think this is information you uh, you got for us, to be fair, Lewis, when you spoke to that Lincoln fan. But um, how, how do you see us? How do you see him fitting into the side in the Morgan position? Maybe is 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 that where you see him? If if he was to come in, I think that that's probably the more favourable area that that he would go. Um, you know, if, if he was to come in now on form. Then, then it would be it would be Albi for me that would come out for him. But you know, I, I think we're still to see, as you say, that what Conor McGrandles is about. I don't think we've seen what he's capable of yet. I think he's come in and looked a little bit off of it. I think when he came on at Accrington, he looked he looked off the pace uh, in those last sort of few moments, and there was that disappointing sort of first half at Derby where he'd started over Dobbo, and then they made that change. Um, I think he went off injured actually, but. Um, yeah, I think he, he's still to get going for me, um, McGrandles. But l- like I say, you know, he he comes with good with good pedigree. You know, he's, he's a leader as well. He's been he's been captain at Lincoln at times, and and has been an important member of their squad uh, in this division. So, yeah, I think I think for me, if he was to come in, Albie would be the one that would that would drop out. Um, I think Fraser's contributing in terms of goals, and and Dobbo for me is sort of undroppable. Um, from well, apart from early on in the season when they dropped him and he came back and had the game of his life, but um, 
Got dropped, got dropped for 40... No, not even that. It was half an hour, wasn't it? When yeah, exactly. Was injured. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I think for me, it would, it would be in the in the Morgan position. But also, I don't think Albie's had the worst start to the season. I think he, Again, I think he's tailed off a little bit in the last couple of games. So, it, it's all, you know, stiff competition in midfield. So, yeah, hopefully we can we can get him back and there's another option as well. Cool. Well, cheers for that um, that message in earlier, Carl. That was uh, a good question uh, that hopefully uh, Lewis has answered for you. Now, we've got an email uh, as well from Michael. Uh, it said, Thomas Sangard has reached a critical point in his ownership. A cost-cutting, a break-even aspiration and strategy is not going to get the club out of League One uh, and more likely risk relegation, which I guess is a way of getting out of League One, Michael. <laughs> um, he says, this is contrary uh, to the wishes and hopes of the fans and this divergence between the owner and supporters is increased further by the loss of experienced staff and the current unrealistic ticket price strategy uh, which sees large areas of the valley empty furthermore going forward it's likely that youngsters will be fast-tracked into the first team and any uh, with promise will be sold to help balance the finances it's worrying uh, that for example Aaron Henry is not tied down uh, on a contract risking him departing to a more ambitious club at the end of the season and we all suspect Miles Lieburn will only be uh, here in, uh, for the season if he continues uh, to develop uh, in, in summary I'm deeply worried that rather than looking up we are looking destined for mid-table uh, with our best hope that Ben Garner can pull a rabbit out the hat uh, and he builds a team of 11 that are injury free uh, all season are able to execute A's uh, plans A, B and C depending on the situation they face uh, and we start to see consistency and resilience in their play that gives us hope that the team is building momentum for a brighter future for supporters to get behind. Unfortunately, based on the performances so far, this seems highly uh, unlikely. Sorry to be pessimistic, and whilst I hope I'm wrong, I fear that under the owner, uh, the under the present owner, we face further uncertainty uh, rather than the story he sold us uh, when he bought the club. I mean, th- there was a word. I, th- there was a word I saw recently. Uh, it must have been one of the forums, which I thought summed up what, what I fear that what we're going for at the moment: shrinkage. Like we're 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 not showing any ambition with with the break even thing, you know the the idea that we're going to triple double revenue whatever with the ticket price. I mean at all in League One anyway, but with the ticket prices we're charging, uh, isn't going to help. And and I think if if we just stop spending money, are we and just try and float around mid table in League One, are we not just effectively shrinking a club that, you know, a long time ago was in the Premier League, but more realistically could easily be a um a, a club that would run in the championship you know a championship sized club and we're shrinking that to a club that's the same size as Accrington Stanley or Shrewsbury Town yeah and we're you know we've got possibly the best stadium in our league and you know there's, there's teams out there who get into like three four five thousand and it's it seems strange with their ticketing strategy to say right we're going to market the tickets at a championship level for League One football, and you think to yourself, well, you know, like, like I don't get it. Surely, yeah, if you have lower ticket sales, you'll get more walk-ups on the day. You'll get more people interested, uh, more ticket, lower ticket prices, I should say, and you'll you will get more ticket sales. If you whack them in, sort of like twenty six, thirty two pound, people are going to, especially now, you know, the way you know prices have gone up everywhere, people are going to be selective and not going to go, you know, oh, let's let's go out. For the day, and because that's you know, two, mum, dad, couple of kids, you're talking a ton, and it's ridiculous for a walk up. They're not going to be spending that on League One football. Um, it's it's a crazy way to look and try and run a business, and yeah, we're we're just going to end up relying on selling off, you know, the family jewels, the Lee Burns, the Carnus, um, the um, Aaron Henrys, when when we can. 
and just like you say, surviving. And that's that's for someone who came in with so much enthusiasm and saying about wanting to do this and wanting to do that, but he's not shown it by having a business acumen of of well, it's hard to say yeah how how to run a business like that, especially football. It's a, it's a weird way where you're suddenly thinking, oh, it's okay because people will come. No, people won't come. People mm. aren't going to drop out on a Tuesday night to see us play anybody, you know. And well, Forest uh, Green coming up this Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah, we got Forest Forest Green. You know, yeah. okay, but they might get a few more because people said I've never seen Forest Green play. But <laughs> it's you know, it's not as if it's going to be you know, that's going to put an extra two, three thousand on the gate. But if you have an affordable ten pound, fifteen pound, twenty pound ticket, it might do, and then. Better you have an extra five hundred people paying twenty quid than you have an extra fifty people paying thirty. So mm. you know, by the time you then add on the program, the drink, or whatever, it will add up. Yeah. So right. That, uh, sorry, we'll leave, yeah. we'll leave it there because I'm going to say thank you to Michael for the uh, email, and uh, we're coming towards the end of this uh, the show. We're going to end it with uh, one of my favourite. Um, opposition fan interviews I think I've ever done. Tom Vickery now as an Exeter City fan um, and uh, obviously speaks about the Grecians who are having their first season in League One uh, in over a decade and have started reasonably well. They're above us in the table. Um, they're coming to the Valley, of course, with the former Addicts uh, player, Matt Taylor, as their new manager, was heavily linked with that move to the Valley, wasn't he, in the summer that never came uh, with Ben Garner uh, joining the Addicts instead. Now, Exeter have started well. Um, we'll speak about the footballs. I'll also listen out for what the, uh, the Exeter fan, Tom, has to say uh, on the Adam Stansfield Foundation uh, and the fascinating and, and the heartwarming story of uh, Adam Stansfield's son Jay uh, now returning to the club uh, and wearing the number nine shirt that his father wore uh, when uh, when he was playing for Exeter City. So this is uh, Tom Vickery. Uh, first of all, I ask him about the Grecians' return uh, to League One, how he felt the season's going so far. Yeah, it's been a been a bit of a mixed start. Um, we've played seven, uh, one, three, two draws and two losses. So. I think if you asked a fair few of us Grecians, it would be a positive response, really. I think it's a really good start to the season. Um, a few points on the road. Uh, we've we've lost one at home, which was a bit unfortunate, home to a Cheltenham side that um, I think us Grecians thought we would be picking up three points. But we all know football's not, uh, not done on paper, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's all... Uh, um, but I think after a couple of weeks before, I think we, we beat them 7-0 in the cup and I, we, we all knew it wasn't going to be a similar similar story and it was either going to go two ways. Um, definitely a tougher game. Um, but like I said, we, we were hoping for a, a victory on that one and it was just happened to be frustrating because we beat Wickham in the midweek, beat them 3-1 and I think that was our... For our start, we'd we'd come across, we'd come up against Lincoln, Cambridge, um, so sides in and which we think is going to be in and around us come the end of the season. So uh, unfortunately, we lost to Cambridge, uh, but like I say, we beat Wickham that midweek game, which was our our big test, mm. uh, definitely one of our first big tests of the season, and we we came away with a three one victory. So it was a big result for us. So it's frustrating that we did get our first. Um, First home defeat, home to Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. It you beaten Milton Keynes, of course, in the last few days as well. Milton Keynes have just started to recover, so it does feel like from the outside of a positive start. I mean, with this being your first 
season at this level, like I say, in, in over 10 years, what are the expectation levels? What are the hopes? Is it is it just about survival for, for Exeter City this season? Uh, with me me being me, I'm always optimistic and I probably do, do look a step too, too many. But um, I would want to say around the 13th, 14th mark, I think a few Grecians are, are hoping that we do just... Uh, do just stay up, but I think there's definitely sides in that, that this league. Uh, it's a really, really tough and strong league. Um, but I think there's sides in that league that we can pick points up home and away. Um, so yeah, like I say, 13th, 14th, I think would be especially my aim. And I, I'd like to think that we could finish around that mark. Uh, we've shown that, like I say, I said just a minute ago about Wickham, but like you just said about the MK Dons victory as well is. It's probably going to be a side that's going to be up there come the end of the season, and we 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 played really well at a massive three points. So hopefully, after our little blip home to Cheltenham at home, we can make SJP a fortress because that was that was our, our our key last season. It was a real tough place for our opposition to come and pick up points, and that was one of the main reasons why we did finish where we did and clinch automatic promotion finally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, after all those uh, defeats in the playoff finals, was it three, three times oh, out of four years? So yeah, I guess we couldn't, couldn't take that chance again. again. <laughs> yeah. um, tell, us, tell us about your manager now, Matt Taylor. He was uh, he played a big part in a, in a league winning season for Charlton, actually. He was a central defender uh, when we last won League One. Uh, and he was, he was briefly linked with a move to the Valley in the summer, but... Um, uh, obviously, that that never came through, and I'm I'm guessing in in his first managerial role, he's pretty popular down at St James's Park. Yeah, he is. He with with him being an ex ex captain of the club, he is well for us fans. He is a legend. He is um, he's he's really well spoken after the game, very honest, and uh, we are lucky to have him. I, I really thought in the summer with the strong links to to Char- Charlton, I thought he was. Uh, um, I thought he was gone. I really did. Uh, I saw there was high talks and big, big rumours that he might have even been spotted in and around the ground. Obviously, rumours, of course. But yeah, we're, we're really lucky to keep hold of him. And like I say, the honesty. If we if we get beaten and we're beaten by the better side, it, it's just pure honesty, which I think it goes a long way. And yeah, we're, we're delighted with him. Let's like say he is he is a legend at uh, Exeter with. Just the way he used to play for us as well. Let's say he was a captain, um, but just an absolute unit in the at the back. And yeah, the fans can't speak of him highly enough. Mm. We, we really can't. Yeah, excellent. Um, now, before we go on to, to the, the, the majority of the team itself, I mean, Exeter have been in the headlines this week for a, a really touching reason now. I'm, I'm, I'm sure many Charlton fans will remember the, the tragic passing of, of Adam Stansfield. Um, was was it 10, 10, 11 years ago now? And then obviously, um, his son Jay, uh, has just joined you guys on loan from Fulham and and wearing the same number nine shirt made his debut over the weekend. I mean, that must be a a massively emotional moment for everyone there. Oh, it it was really really incredible. There's been a lot of rumours uh, since the summer that Jay was going to be looking like he was going to be signing for us on loan and. I think the more he started getting in, in and around the first team for Fulham, we thought it's unfortunately not going to happen. Um, and then we saw a few transfers that Fulham had made and we thought this could well happen. And yeah, they, they did it. And oh, the, the, the home to MK Dons when he was coming out and warming up down the touchline, the, 
the emotion and the excitement uh, where I was on the big bank was really special. And the minute he, he came running down towards Matt Taylor, taking his bib off, it was, I think that's when it really kicked in then. It, it was just incredible. It really was. Matt Taylor kind of put his arm around Jay and uh, Wayne Carlisle, our, our assistant coach, who, who was ex-player uh, as well, another really likeable chap when he hugged him as well because that's two people that played with Adam so it's such a special story and then when he when he came on the the raw uh, was it was really really emotional it, mm. it really was and uh, we we sing a chant about Adam and it's sung every single game without fail and the minute obviously he came on the pitch and the roar had died down it that song started beating around the ground which it was so it was really really special yeah i mean and um obviously adam's memory still still lives on um down at all the clubs he's played for but but especially down at st james's park and you, and you do some work yourself with the adam stansfield foundation Will you just tell us a little bit about what that's about and, and what you do to help yeah it's about four years ago now it, me and my brother it kind of it marked the ninth anniversary and with him spending the uh, majority of his career in the number nine shirt we we thought what could we do uh to show you know, to show our, uh, just to support the foundation. So I kind of said to Jack, my brother, I said, shall we run the Great West Run, which is run around Exeter, um, half marathon? And he said, yeah, let's go for it. So we started and we kind of set our target at 3,000, thinking we've got no chance. We, You know, we family members and friends and everything, we would be lucky. Uh, we then came up with an idea just to contact, like, old players, um coaches just to see if they would be happy to donate an item whether it be like goalie gloves boots shirts and it has absolutely taken off and we, we're still doing the fundraiser now um we've just gone over the 175,000 mark for the foundation which it's remarkable yeah the support is just kept growing and growing and growing and the foundation it's it's, it's run by the family so it's all like volunteers and family uh, they came up with the idea of the foundation on the the funeral of Adams. It, it was at the cathedral in the the, the centre, and um, all this money kind of got given to the family, saying that. And the family thought, "What can we do with all this money?" Uh, and there's a there's a lovely story that the the family kind of said to us, which was Adam when Jay was growing up. Adam loved watching Jay play football for his youth youth side in uh, Tiverton I think it was Twyford Spartans mm. um, and that this this lad kept coming to train with just like trainers on and Adam kind of said obviously with the winter with winter months approaching you're probably better off just getting like a pair of boots just to to keep you going and this lad looked up and said my, my parents can't afford their boots mm. uh, so the following week Adam came up to this lad and gave him a brand new pair of boots that he'd gone out and bought with his own money. And it's a story that the family always remembered and they just thought this foundation can build a story around that. So the, the, the foundation promotes bowel cancer um, and also like provides youth football to keep going. So like your, your goals, your bibs, uh, your football's kit, so everything involved with uh, grassroots football, and especially youth football, it, it it comes around that, the foundation. So all the money they do get, they provide schools and youth football, all this equipment to keep them going. So it, it really is a, a truly lovely story. And 
a, a remarkable foundation. So mm-hmm. me and Jack are absolutely honoured to, to to do what we're doing, and it it really is. It, it's a lovely, lovely story. Yeah, that is that is absolutely brilliant. There, thank you, thank you for sharing that, and it will show exactly why it's so special uh, that Jay is on loan now. Look, I mean, looking ahead to to Saturday's game. Um, other than Jay, um, who who are the players that the Charlton fans uh, should be wary of inside the Exeter team? Uh, I think um, Sam Nombe and Giovanni Brown have, have been a real handful this year. Two two of our um, two lads up, kind of. Well, Giovanni Brown kind of plays alongside Nombe, but he is he, he can just sit behind as well. But they've been really really strong this year. Um, Josh Key, another one that's very very lively and another player that we thought we possibly could have could have lost this summer uh, plenty of clubs coming in or even coming in looking at around uh, Matt Jay he's, he's been a bit quiet this year he's kind of our captain but he, he's struggled getting to the start on 11 um, but when he when he's on his A game um, MJ is a very very key player uh, defence wise uh, check check dear Barta. He's he's been absolutely solid. He, a, a lad that's come through the academy had an absolutely fantastic game Saturday against MK Dons and scored the winning goal. So it's always nice when your centre back has a, such a solid game and pops up with the odd goal as well. As <laughs> we were saying about Matt Taylor and that's something that he always uh, he was well known for actually being so solid in defence and uh, coming up with the odd goal. So yeah, check at the back. Uh, so yeah, we've got plenty of. We, we're just uh, we're looking really solid from 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 the back all the way up at the minute. We really are, but it's just nice that Brown and Nombe, the, the, the combination and the, the partnership is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So that'll be hopefully key uh, Saturday and, and going on for the rest of the season. And uh, finally, it would be nice, I guess, for you guys to be uh, reunited with Jaden Stockley, who had a very good yeah. couple of seasons down yeah, there. We're really looking forward to seeing it. Hopefully we can keep him quiet, that's for sure. But he's another... He really was absolutely fantastic for us. An out-and-out goal scorer, 110% every week. And again, just a really, really likeable, likeable lad. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing him Saturday, but hopefully it's a quiet game for Jaden. There we go. Uh, thanks so much to Tom. That was a really, really fascinating story about uh, about Adam Stansfield. Um, uh, I mean, if you want to donate to the Adam Stansfield Foundation, they have a, they have a website that you can do so um, for. We, um, we, we, we uh, chucked a little bit of the Charlton Live money uh, their way as a, as a thank you for for Tom coming on the pod and, and telling us all about Adam. Right, we've come to the end uh, of this week's big match preview. Don't forget, uh, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at whatever happens against Exeter City. Um, thanks to those of you who've tuned in. Thanks to everyone who's had your say on this evening's show. Thanks uh, once more to Tom. Thank you to Lewis and to Mark for joining me this week. Cheers, nice. Lewis. Absolute pleasure. I will speak to the pair of you uh, soon. Thanks to everyone who listened, and we shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs>
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 